Hi, and happy spring. Welcome to the Literary Sipper Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Beattie Hill, where we talk about all things books, writing, motherhood, etc., etc., and so on. We're entering into the spring of 2022, and there's a lot going on in the world right now. And sometimes it feels like creating art is not as important as consuming news, staying healthy, watching Senate hearings for the Supreme Court justices, all of the things that are going on in our world. But it's really important if you're a writer mom to try to balance your creative life with the demands of motherhood and also the demands of personhood in this world we're living in. So one thing I can offer you um, is a free guided journal on my website um, for 30 days. Um, and you can go on this journey and deeply delve into your personal goals, your daily uncertainties, and find some creative magic, the kind of magic necessary for you to stay focused, even when the world around you seems to have a lot of loss and currents of chaos in it. It is important to remain productive and find meaning in your small way. And making art has a higher purpose. And so does being a mother. And those two things go together. I do hope you'll join me and receive your free journal just by signing up. I promise not to flood your inbox with constant barrages of emails and offers. Um, It's just my gift to you for listening. Today on the podcast, uh, we're going to be diving into one of the questions you'll find on the pages of that journal. I thought it would be a good idea to give you a taste of what to expect and maybe some clay to use as you sculpt your answers and figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve in your artistic life. But I really urge you to write daily, whether it's with my journal or some other kind of journal. Five minutes is enough. It's enough to get out any anger, frustration, impulsive thoughts, crowded thoughts in your head, just empty them out on the page so you can get down to the meat of your work, so you can stay on top of the current that propels you forward. And I really urge you to do this by hand. I know so many people are so much uh, better at typing and Um, keyboarding and looking at a screen um, and writing in that way. And I'm getting better at it all the time. But really when I want to tap in to the sort of bright light of meaning, the sort of underpinnings of poetry, the universal thoughts and Um, experiences, I I find that writing by hand is essential. There's so much science connecting your brain and the memory of using your hands to move the pencil. You have muscle memory, you have visual memory, you have the smell of the paper, you have, if you take your book outside, you're influenced by so many sights and sounds. So I really urge you to um, get to that point where you can just 
require yourself to journal by hand. I mean, I love to type when I'm working on a larger piece, but for journaling, it's pretty much notebook and pen for me every time. I read once about a woman who burns all of her journals every five years. I find this totally fascinating. Have you ever done that? Have you set fire to your journals? There's something kind of sacrilegious about it in a way, but something totally freeing and amazing and powerful about it as well. Have you ever just thrown them away in a move or lost them somehow in a move? I've moved so many times in my life um, over the course of boarding school and college and after college and when you're jumping apartments all the time. I've done cross-country moves and city-to-country moves and all kinds of moves in between. And yet I still have that box of journals and I wonder... Um, sometimes about what it would be like not to have them and not to carry them around. But some people really treasure looking at them and revisiting who they were at the time when they wrote them and seeing what still resonates, seeing seeds of stories or poems um, that you never wrote, and then seeing the, the sort of tracing the motifs that you use over and over again and protecting those and slowly unwinding what the same sort of symbology might mean to you as you grow older. And I think that's really interesting too. I uh, try to notice all the differences um, in my own journaling, you know, when I'm kind of hyper-focused on the mundane, when I'm sort of documenting hour by hour what I'm doing, um, you know, kind of more like a log than a diary entry. Then there's the sort of confessional style of journaling where you're you're really trying to decipher what it is you're feeling in any given moment or, or the cathartic type of journaling where you're just listing all the reasons you hate someone or something. And you're, once you're done with it, then it's gone and it's out of you. And in those respects, I can see the power in burning it or throwing it away. Like that was a time, that was a person who you are and you're no longer that person because we're always changing in amazing, colorful fashion. We're always changing. And that means our journaling is always changing. But sometimes the very cover of the journal, just looking at the cover of the journal, because I don't write in, you know, a slim black moleskin for the last 20 years of journaling. They're always different. They're, you know, with the times, you know, covered in moons and stars in the 90s. And then, um, you know, I have a beautiful leather bound journal that my sister-in-law got me for Christmas this year. And all of them represent their own adventures and, and can really set me off um, on an adventure in my mind when I think about how my own body memory of carrying that book around and the rooms where I was filling up those pages um, or the airports or the train stations or whatever it is. But before we begin with the question we're going to address today, I wanted to offer up a quote from Natalie Goldberg's seminal work, Writing Down the Bones. And if you've never read it, stand up and get to stop the podcast, or maybe just listen to it in your earbuds and get to the library or bookstore or open up that browser on your phone and order it now. I'll wait here while I reach for my copy of it. 
Okay, good. Well done. I hope you have it in front of you or you are it is on its way to you. But there's a title, a chapter entitled Big Concentration, and she talks about focusing on the larger universe beyond the smaller context of what you're writing about, which I thought was really important as we're in this time of great mercurial chaos. Um, and hold space for both. Hold space for both things in your hands, your attempts at poetry, your attempts at being creative, your ideas in your recipe box, your um, hour of work that you're able to dedicate maybe today on your larger work in progress, that those small steps towards being a writer can be held in the same hand as trying to be a human in this very complicated, complex world we find ourselves in. And I urge you to do both even in your journal writing, where you do spend that time letting go of the expectation of what it is you're supposed to be putting in there. If you want to write down the last three meals you had and what they made you think about and what you might do differently, great. If you want to really discuss what balances you and what freezes you and what propels you forward, great. If you want to recount a funny story or describe the person sitting across from you at the coffee shop, then go for it. Do that as well. And I think that um, she really captures this very well in this chapter and really urges you to look up once in a while and take in your space and where you are and who you're with and note that down as well. So here's what she writes. Okay, take something specific to write about. Let's say the experience of carving your first spoon out of cedar. Tell us all the details. Penetrate that experience, but at the same time, don't become myopic. As you become single-minded in your writing, at the same time, something in you should remain aware of the color of the sky or the sound of a distant mower. Just throw in even one line about the street outside, your window at the time you were carving that spoon. It is good practice. We shouldn't forget that the universe moves with us, is at our back with everything we do. And if you throw a line in about it, it reminds the reader too, that though we must concentrate on the task before us, we mustn't forget the whole breathing world. Tossing in the color of the sky at the right moment lets the piece breathe a little more. And in the journal that I offer to you on my website, I want you to take that idea a little bit further. And so on day number 10, it's a 30-day journal, so you can go out of order, but it just happens to be entry number 10. It asks you to respond to the following prompt. Physically choose a different place to complete this entry. Then write about the space where you find yourself. How does it change your energy or experience? Does it change it at all? Is it time to change up your creative workspace? What are your limitations? How can you remind yourself to take yourself out on a writer's date? Does your space have a door that you can close and get something done? Is your room inspiring? Is your desk inspiring? Are there things around you that are inspiring? Is your space shared by others? This is a huge one, I think. Um, 
And each of these sort of elements of the prompt can take you off on its own tangent. So just switching the space. You can sit down and write descriptively. I write at a, write, a white desk with a brass lamp with three postcards from friends from faraway travels that I can look at, whatever it is, or I don't have a space and I need one. And here's all the reasons I need them. You know, are you grabbing whatever space is available to you? And that happens too. All seasons require their own spaces. Sometimes you're sharing a space. You're in a small apartment or you've given up your writing room to become a nursery or you're you have a desk in the corner of the dining room because your child has a desk in the corner of the dining room because you're homeschooling or you are virtual schooling or all of these other complicated ways of living that we've lived in the last couple of years. But most importantly, are you making time to sit at that space? Are you saying, I'm consciously sitting here and bringing myself safely home to who I am as an artist? Are you sitting down and doing the work no matter where it is? Some artists like to have a ceremony about their work. They like candles. They put on special music. They have the, the pen that they use or the blanket that they cover themselves up with or some other kind of concrete physical reminder that now is writing time. It is not reading time, which is very seductive for me, or paying bills time or answering email time or all of those other mundane tasks that we do at our desks. And the other question is, do you have a hard time describing space at all? Some of us really struggle with setting and putting words and world building into place in our larger, longer manuscripts. And is it something that you need to really consciously work at? Well, working at something in a journal is much, much easier than facing a chapter that you know requires you to set it in space more consciously and more fully. Also, save some time for yourself to dream. What do you wish your space was like? Do you wish you had a cottage uh, in the backyard that you could just walk to or the E.B. White's proverbial barn that he would walk to every morning in the cold and have his tea and sit at his typewriter and work all day until the sun came in? Or do you wish that you were in the city so that every time you looked out the window, the landscape was different and there was a different person's life that you could imagine um, and they could just walk through your, your visual landscape as well as they walk through your chapter? Do you recognize that your space, like everything else, is a construction of your own making and it will change and that's okay. There is no perfect space. There is no perfect hour. There is no perfect time. There is only this time and this place and this hour. And I urge you moms who write to write above all else. Even if it's just your journal for today, if that's all you can handle, the slow work of words will be there for you. It will hold you up. And for those of you who are on the next phase of your writing life, where you have a completed manuscript that you're shopping around, make sure you're making time for all of those other things, query letters, log lines, the work of being a writer. I wish you well. Keep writing, and I'll see you on the next one.